Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today's guest promotes fitness, muscle building, endurance, mobility, and helps people get started in exercise. Her background is in weight loss and endurance with strength training. She is experienced in coaching, instructional design, creating training programs, and evaluation. She has achieved certifications from ISSA and CEUs from ETC. She is finishing her master's degree from Purdue University in Instructional Design and Technology. The title of this episode is You're Embarrassed, I'm Embarrassed, We're All Embarrassed. Please join me in welcoming Certified Personal Trainer and Instructional Designer at IDFIT, Rebecca Beidler to Embers and Wind. Welcome, Becca. Thank you. And I believe you prefer to be Thank called you. Becca. Yes, yes. I like to be called Becca. It's my nickname and most people go by Becca when they- Yes, makes sense. So. Now there's a problem with acronyms. We're all addicted to acronyms, yet people mm-hmm. outside of the field may not know what an acronym stands for. Please tell us what ISSA and ETC mm-hmm. stand for. Yes, and I'm going to try to be really careful about the terms I use, but ISSA or ISSA is International Sports Sciences Association. That's where I got my certification from, Mm -hmm. and there's an online learning platform where you take courses and you learn different skill sets for personal Mm -hmm. training. And continuing education units I get through um, ETC Exercise Incorporated, and that's another online platform for fitness trainers to learn more about how to be a coach and fitness Mm -hmm. in general. When did you become and how did you become passionate about fitness? Mm -hmm. Probably when I decided to become fit. And it was a journey. I wasn't born fit. So I used to think that there was some kind of skills that people were automatically born with or blessed with. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I made up all these excuses and for years and it made me depressed. I wanted to be something that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually I just decided to start watching what I eat. And of course that required learning and start exercising. And I picked running was my first Mm -hmm. thing. And so just going through that journey and learning so much about myself and exercise 
made me want to help other people get comfortable with exercise and trying something new. You're self-employed. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? I am trying really hard and that requires thinking in a way that is relatively new to me as far as making um, my services known and available to people and figuring out what people need and really diving deep into who I'm trying to reach. So sure. in a sense, yes, I am an hour, very new. And I think it just kind of depends, um, well, on your definition of entrepreneur. And if it means like a successful businesswoman who, you know, has tons of clients and influence, then that's not me yet. Um, but if an entrepreneur, somebody who's creative and runs their business and is learning how to reach people, then yeah, that's me. Gotcha. Thank you. Tell us more about the title of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called You're Embarrassed, I'm Embarrassed, We're All Embarrassed. And it kind of goes back to how you feel as a beginner or trying something new. And when we say go to the gym and we see people working out or have the appearance of knowing what they're doing, it can intimidate us, but really those people also have insecurities as well. And we've all had to start at the beginning and we've all stumbled and we've struggled. And so it's, uh, it's really important when you wanna stay motivated um, to be unashamed of being new. And mm -hmm. when you struggle or stumble and you fall, you can get back up again and keep going uh, so that you can reach your goal. And it's hard to struggle sure. visibly. The best thing sure. about struggling visibly is that it does inspire people while at the same time you're developing a skill. But the worst thing about struggling visibly is it is embarrassing and people might see you. <laughs> so, and it's happened to, I think everyone, everyone starting out new has those insecurities. There's a term you use, gym intimidation, that really fits. Please define what you mean by gym intimidation so everyone clearly understands it. Yes, gym intimidation is multiple factors. One, you walk into a gym and maybe you haven't really lifted before or you're not sure how to use the equipment. So the equipment and everything around you can be intimidating because it's so much and maybe you don't know where to start um, so you're intimidated and you walk out because it does take a little bit of trial and error to discover the weight that will work for you and or adjust a machine for your height or size so that is intimidation another mm -hmm. bit of gym intimidation could be when you go to the gym and you see other people around, um, they look serious, you know, they're in their zone, maybe they're on the treadmill, maybe they're in a class, maybe they're lifting like really heavy dumbbells or barbells. 
and you feel intimidated by that because oh it looks like they already know what they're doing and i don't want to go you know because again you're embarrassed um and that intimidates you and those are some things that that's normal Mm -hmm. and can be overcome thank you what methods do you utilize to promote fitness muscle building and mobility yeah so there's definitely the physical component of training um but there's also a mental and emotional component of training and i can get into a lot when it comes to the physical component and the mental component so Mm -hmm. physically first of all you have to define your goal and i discuss with the client what their goals are and sometimes they don't really know they have an idea of what they want in their mind maybe they Mm -hmm. see a picture of a woman or a man in a magazine um, or there's an olympic athlete they want to look like or be like and that it takes time to break that down and discuss and clarify their goals so that's definitely the first very 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 first thing that we do And I also go over it. I ask them every once in a while, what is your goal now? You know, is it is it the same and remind them that we are one step closer to your goal. And then once we establish that, then I can write a training program Um, because, you know, the training program fills in the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And so i have to constantly reevaluate how we're going to close that gap and in the beginning it feels like oh it's taking a long time to reach my goal but actually it kind of starts off fast actually um and you're like oh i'm i'm progressing so slowly but three months is a decent you know to progress to the next level is actually quite fast it takes years for people to develop the skills that they want. And so training will include weights, lifting weights. You start mm-hmm. light. Um, if you want to build endurance, you use lighter weights with more repetitions. So um, say it's a bicep curl and you want to gain endurance in your bicep muscle, then you might lift a five pound weight um, 15 times, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Take a little break, go back to it. But if you're looking to build strength, then you will pick, you gradually work up to it, but you pick a heavy weight for you at your level and you do fewer reps. Mm -hmm. Um, And then hypertrophy, which is muscle growth, muscle size, that's somewhere in between. And of course, with these, there's going to be crossover. And sometimes I combine like, okay, today we're going to focus a bit on muscular endurance. The next day we might focus on power um, and strength. And then of course there's a weight loss component, which is more based in nutrition. So that's what I do. How do you help people get started when they have never exercised before? Yeah, so, um, well, then again, of course we talk about our goals. We I kind of help them discover what their expectations are in the program because it's going to be imperfect. So we will talk about possible barriers that they might come across. 
we talk about what equipment they have access to. And I like to drive them more to where they're kind of doing some of the problem solving themselves with some tools that I have, you know, in my bag to help them sure. navigate uh, where they want to go. And we talk about, you know, I, I try to be very realistic with them that, you know, this is going to take some time. And we mm -hmm. always, we talk about the positive aspects of the training. Okay, you showed up check you know it, the performance wasn't on par you showed up and that was that's great that's excellent we also talk about exercises and things that they have done in the past what they like what they don't like and then we make start to make modifications so i kind of go through a little bit of an assessment sure. i'll have them lift try lifting different weights doing different exercises for upper body lower body we do some cardio and mm -hmm. I try to measure these things. I record the weights that they use and that helps us see progress, of course. And I measure progress in, in terms of performance more so than appearance, because that's just, you know, you're not necessarily going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a guy, you know, after a few weeks of lifting weights. <laughs> so having measurables like, how long did it take for you to get a mile completed or how, what weight you lifted, how many reps you were able to do with that weight? Mm -hmm. And how do you feel? What muscle? I also want to address the muscle that the person is supposed to feel activated. What muscles do you feel activated when you do this lift? And then we try to make little tweaks and adjustments because everyone's body is different. Even though um, technically we all have similar muscle group, the same muscle groups and things like that, and a lot of the principles mm -hmm. are the same for exercise for everyone, there's always going to be little tweaks that you have to do to help people, you know, feel that hamstring flex mm -hmm. and extend, or that lat, that latissimus dorsi <laughs> flex and extend. So it takes a lot of time and body awareness. <laughs> I noticed you were sitting in a yoga pose for your LinkedIn profile picture. Mm -hmm. Why do you teach yoga? Well, it's so beneficial uh, for mobility, even strength and endurance. There's so many different types of yoga. And I want to demystify it as well, because I think people definitely associate it with a type of religion or mindset or something like that but it mm -hmm. does have a really strong physical component to it that is beneficial to help you improve your stamina your range of yes. motion which is how far you can extend um, and flex a muscle and it also improves strength because maybe you are in a plank position for example that requires a lot of core strength and it's also good for recovery so it can stretch your muscles gently as you flow into the movements and then just being able to teach yoga can also help people become more effective in their exercise because they can recover yes. and it can also 
teaching it also improves the safety of an exercise as well because you can teach modifications that lead up to uh, what you're trying to achieve so that they when don't hurt talking, themselves. You're talking to yoga fan. I practiced Hatha yoga. In fact, I still practice Hatha yoga today. What types of yoga do you teach? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Vinyasa and yin. Thank you. Tell us what you mean when you say scrutiny is not healthy. Yes. So I felt like when I had judged myself in the past that I was unhappy, dissatisfied, jealous even, and that kind of judgment is unhealthy, that scrutiny is unhealthy. Trying to look at all the details about how I don't like the way I look, I don't like the way I perform, and nitpick, constant nitpicking, it steals a joy. Mm -hmm. And it can sometimes prevent us from trying and failing and getting back up again and learning it. So it's definitely not healthy for your mind, which ends up not mm -hmm. being healthy for your body either. So I think you're talking about the difference between empowered fitness and shame driven fitness. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? You practice empowered fitness. And what does that mean? Yes. And I want to do that for clients to empower them that they have choices that they're doing great they're improving they're they're showing up and empowering them allowing them to uh collaborate with me on designing their own program too because that mm -hmm. will help them learn in the future and eventually graduate and then empowered fitness is also from my perspective as well you you don't always want to perform to failure or tear people down or say to make them feel ashamed about how they're doing the homework or coming to uh, training sessions. Like, you know, I see some coaches on TV that have a real like rough attitude towards their clients that, I mean, maybe some people are motivated by that kind of approach, but you know, it can also tear people down and discourage them from keep going. Right. So shame doesn't usually motivate people. It can, no. perhaps. So empowered fitness has more to do with looking at the positive critiques, I suppose, in a workout, in showing up, and allowing people to make choices and collaborate with you on their training program. Whereas shame-driven fitness has more to do with Maybe you have a dialogue in your mind, like, I hate my body, I, I can't do this, what will people think of me, what will my coach think, and then, mm -hmm. you know, sure. they're, they're participants, um, uh -huh. as opposed to talking about um, the positive things that they're seeing, um, and that actually goes further than sure. beating somebody down and being super hardcore. There is somebody named Yoda from Star Wars. He says, do or do not. There is no try. Yoda is teaching us a lesson in intention and commitment. Why in one of your blogs on your website do you encourage people to try? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because one, I think 
you can have a step-by-step -step instructional booklet on how to do everything perfectly, which is not possible, but <laughs> we, a lot of times, especially with fitness, there is trial and error a little bit. I mean, you don't want so much error that you injure yourself or get burnt out, yes. but you know, you, you pick up a weight and you try it. You know, like, okay, this is maybe too heavy. I'm going to drop it down a notch. Maybe you try different exercises and there's one that you just, that you don't like. Maybe there's others you mm -hmm. do like more. And, you know, it, it allows you to kind of discover your fitness and what you want to do to improve your health. And really it's about improving health. Yes. And there's a part, there's a component to performance and training. Maybe you want to do a sport and there's always going to be things you don't like doing, but mm -hmm. at least you've tried and through trial and error, you can grow, even though there's going to be some amount of failure in that. Yes. Yeah. You can learn from each experience. That makes sense. Moving on. How is clarity relevant to fitness? Clarity has to do with what your goals are and also having a realistic expectation for one, how long it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's something that you even really want to do, or if it's somebody you think you should expect yourself to do. <laughs> Um, not everyone should expect themselves to run a marathon or an ultra marathon. Right. So you help people with realistic versus unrealistic goals. True. Yes. Um, because I want people to understand what they want and that it takes a certain amount of work to get there, but I also want them to enjoy the work, um, it takes to get there and find some level of enjoyment gratification. Sure. Becca, do you work mostly with women? Yes, I work with women, um, people who are new to fitness. And but I, I do work with a variety of people. Um, mm -hmm. I just, you know, it just happens that uh, the people uh, sign up for training with me. Sure. Um, I have worked with seniors. And yeah, I work with just about anybody. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Now, this pandemic definitely affected my business, and I'd be willing to bet it affected yours, too. How did this pandemic impact the work that you do? Yeah, it was difficult to work out with masks there for a while. And I meet with individuals, and so, of course, we would talk about, like, I would be very frank and open about I was with this person and they just tested positive. So sometimes we'd have to work around that. Um, I would I've been quarantined before. Um, wow. I also <laughs> learned how to do this virtually. And so the equipment I have is not the same amount. It's not the same equipment that is in the gym mm -hmm. or the same equipment that other people have. So just adapting and going through the exercises without having mm -hmm. everything I need to demonstrate 
um, was was a bit of a challenge, but actually it's um, proven to be very good. And I've learned a lot through that and I can help more people. In fact, I do have a client I meet with virtually and it's been more convenient for him because he travels so much that yes. um, this these options are very good for him. And so more options opened up in some ways. <laughs> yeah, what, what I notice about working with people virtually is they can get right back to their other business before and after. There's no need to commute, anybody to mm -hmm. commute. There's no lost time with commuting. Yes, so the cost of personal training doesn't have to be um, as much. And I, you know, it, it has helped me to be able to see more people mm -hmm. um, because I don't have to spend time in the car. <laughs> yes. So has much of your business switched to virtual? Yes, it's, it's easier because I don't have to have a venue where I teach, say, group classes. And when you are a trainer at a gym, for example, I mean, that's very different than owning your own business and training mm -hmm. people. Um, because, I mean, in a sense, you have to, you do have to rent the space of the gym. There's a certain insurance that you have to purchase. Yeah, group classes. I, you know, audience wise, I've been developing a Facebook, a kind of a platform on Facebook, basically for people and they're all these women are all over the United States or the world in some cases, and I could communicate different tips and ideas with them. So that's, that's a part of my business. That's basically, sure. you know, a free resource, essentially, and then the course Instagram and mm -hmm. creating content for that. So a lot of content creation is a part of my business, but then it's also training people virtually. So yeah, right now, most of pretty much all of it is virtual, but okay. I do have in-person options as well. Thank you for clarifying that. Now there's somebody listening to this conversation who resonates with your message. How can they stay connected with you, Becca? Yeah, um, I have a Facebook page, IDFIT Programs. I also have a group for women called Girls Do Push-Ups, and they can join that group. Push-ups are not a requirement. It's just what I called it because I thought it seemed empowering. And mm -hmm. um, we talk about strength and sometimes fat loss, too. We've talked about fat loss. Um, yes. Also, I'm on Instagram which is ID fit by Becca on okay. Instagram. And I'm also found on LinkedIn re under Rebecca Beidler. Um, my yes. name, you can find me there. And then you do have a company website too. Yes. True. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's uh, and you can sign up for classes on there as well and personal training and chat with me. So it's idfitprograms.com. Okay, very good. So I will include your website and I'll also include several of your different, well, the Facebook group and the Instagram account mm -hmm. in the show notes. Okay, thank you. So how can somebody learn more from you? Anyone can send me a message or get in touch with me. Um, 
my information is on the website. Mm -hmm. So if they are interested in fat loss, muscle gain, endurance, mm -hmm. uh, and they're at the beginning of, of what they want to do, um, don't hesitate to find me and reach out to me. I'm pretty responsive. Mm -hmm. uh, within 24 hours, I usually respond to somebody. I set up a meeting and we just talk. Just ask me questions one-on-one. -on -one. Becca, do you have a benevolent call to action to invite listeners to take to improve their health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is okay to seek out help. If you're in the gym or you're trying something new, it's okay to ask for directions. And it's okay to try something and stumble a little bit. I, I even have coaches who have helped me, including a personal trainer and a sales coach. And mm -hmm. I just invite people to, to just try, seek that out not be ashamed mm -hmm. to ask for help, not be ashamed to be new. Realize your autonomy, your body is adaptable, your brain is flexible, then you can decide, be okay with being different than another person. It's okay to be different. Don't discount uh, the positive, learn from your mistakes. Yes. And don't wait for a feeling um, like, oh, I need to be in the mood. Showing up sometimes is the best thing you can do. Sometimes it takes more than knowing the reasons for exercise to motivate you. So basically, I don't. I would try to summarize that is don't be ashamed. Don't discount mm -hmm. the positive. Sure. And it's okay to be new. Thank you very much, Becca. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a guest on Embers and Wind. Thank you. And you're welcome. And, and thank you for joining us this week on Embers and Wind. We look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, Please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.